You are listening to Mr. Sisters. Hey guys, it's me, Shane. I'm here with Clint and Chris, and we are misters, and we're kind of like sisters, and we are very excited to create a safe space where we get to talk about real things and real issues that are not only impacting our communities, but our allies too. We are three friends who come from different backgrounds, and we are embarking on a journey to get to know each other on a deeper level. We are very excited for this new endeavor, and we hope you are ready for a fun and bumpy ride filled with laughs, a little shade, joy, and definitely some tears. So grab your kitty, your dog, your man, your aunt, your bestie, and let's connect. Awesome. Hey guys, this is Shane with Mr. Sisters. We are back with another full packed episode. Today we are gonna jump right in with another segment of Queer Quandaries. And we are also going to get very deep, not that deep, but very deep on religion versus faith. And to believe or not to believe in our views on religion and especially being gay in the community. So grab some water because this is gonna be a long one. But first, it's time for Confessionals! Clint, what's your confessional? Okay, so my confessional is that I am devoid of straight culture. And how I realized this is recently there was a meme and it had this girl holding a sign and people kept using this meme and putting like different messages on it. And I saw it all over the place. Oh, like she was at a concert or something. And I asked all my gay friends, I was like, what is this meme? Not a single one of them knew about it. Y'all ended up being Kourtney Kardashian announcing that she was pregnant to her husband, who apparently is in Blink-182. Mm -hmm. Are they still around? Okay, yeah. I had to ask a straight person <laughs> what the meme was. <laughs> And I shit you not, they knew right off the bat what it was. So my confessional is I need some straight friends because obviously I'm like in my own little gay bubble and it's impacting me to the degree that like I don't even know about pop culture anymore. Wow. You need an ally to help you out with pop culture. Yes. Girl, wow. what you need is I need Google. a culture ally. You, you, no. You could have skipped right past the straight, Googled it like I, I did, did Google it. exactly what was going on. I did Google it, and I couldn't find it. Well, wow. What shocks me is that you love the Kardashians. How did you not know that it was Kourtney Kardashian? I don't love the Kardashians. You were just on your phone talking about it for I days. was talking about Courtney because I was reading about I don't love the Kardashians. Oh, excuse me. Do you know what they did to Taylor Swift? Ooh, uh, that's going to be an episode in itself. Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait, wait no. Yeah. Oh, okay, mm. all right. All right. Put mm -hmm. words in her mouth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, ma'am. All I know is about... Uh, you need Kanye. an ally. I just, across this, I'm I need across pop this culture. I don't know <laughs> pop culture. You're like, who is Courtney Kardashian? Yeah, no. Uh, okay. Well, so that's mine. I need so more you need to be straight butched people. I, yeah. Yes, I need someone to teach me how to pack my truck into a parking spot. Yeah, so. <laughs> let's back it on up, baby. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Toxic well, masculinity. Shane, what is your confessional this week? My confessional would have to be... 
Um, how disappointed I am with humanity. God, that's, that's a deep. big one. I know. Jeez. I know. As deep as the ocean. I woke up the other morning. My internet, my phone, everything was blown up by this damn submarine. Mm, and all these memes are going. And I feel like not one person is saying, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry for them and their families. It's more of like, oh, making memes of implosion and freaking making fun of this and saying they're so stupid. They deserve to die. Oh, they're billionaires. They're, they can... That- no, they can that be doesn't make it just didn't kind of deserve stuff. to die. Didn't you have this sinking feeling? <laughs> Bitch! Fucking <laughs> <laughs> done! That perhaps something was, I don't know, imploding? I'm, look, I, don't get me wrong, okay? There's been some memes where I'm like... Yeah, you know, the orcas. I love the orcas. Yeah, but yeah. um, bang bang. But still, I'm like, damn. I'm like, can we show a little bit of you know compassion? compassion? Yeah. Like, yes, I get it. Was it the smartest choice? No, but you know, they were going on adventure. People have done this tour before, and you know, they paid a lot of money to do this, which uh, which is quite a bit. Two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah that's, that's like a house. Yeah, mm-hmm. or a very expensive car, or college tuition. Okay, okay. Yes. So I do have a question, though. If you, I swear, (laughs) you're going to implode. So (laughs) you are on fire tonight. When you look at the submarine, do you notice there are no windows? Well, there's one. There's one at the very one little window. But there were no other windows. Do you know how they were viewing it? There were cameras on the submarine to be able to watch it on a TV. So why did they need to be... So why did they... They could have done that on their fucking yacht. But there was a little window where you could poke your head out a little bit. You could poke nothing out. Instead of seeing it on the video camera. Light doesn't go that far. So you're not able to really see it from a tiny... What was it? Like a 12-inch? Well, wasn't there lights on the submarine? No. Now we're getting deep. Yeah, you are so <laughs> so anyways. human lives. Let's not ruin the human lives, although they were. I'm sorry. They were. Yeah. Well, our hearts will go on. <sighs> I mean, they really got the Titanic experience, honestly, if you well, think about it. What, who was saying? What, I, sad. I just read that the... the, the... <laughs> And what is a Titanic experience? <laughs> a gigantic experience? A gigantic explosion. <laughs> <laughs> they sank. They did. Uh-huh. They did. They're at the bottom of the ocean, all of them now. Technically, they were crushed. Just yeah, did you see... Okay, so, you know, I know what implosion is, right? Mm-hmm. But then when you, like, see it visually, what yeah. all these, like, <laughs> things came out, I was like, damn. They are skinny as all get I out. mean, but the, the thing that I... Flat Stanley. The thing that at least makes me feel the better is that with there. something like that, though, like, <laughs> right. at least they didn't feel anything. Exactly. You know, it had to been, like, instant. But I can only yeah, imagine, they're... like, yeah, what yeah. they... And two, okay, because we are going to be getting into religion later, okay? Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. goes to show you the oral storytelling, okay? Because I've heard so many different stories, you know, about this submarine and, mm-hmm. you know, what happened and what didn't happen. And there's been so many different stories. Yeah. So, we'll get into that later on, but yeah. anyway. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, um, Chris, what is your confessional today? Well, let's get really dark here. And deep. Uh, dark and deep. <laughs> mm. uh, okay, so this week, um, the end of this week will actually be the, 
seventh anniversary. No. Sorry, sixth anniversary of my brother's death. And um, when I was at work today, um, so my brother, he actually, um, he died from suicide. And when uh, I went to work today, one of the residents that he is very comfortable talking to me, um, he came in and was saying that he's having suicidal ideation and that mm. he has an opportunity to purchase a gun. Mm -hmm. And he's like trying to set things up so that he does not end up going through with that purchase and getting like so oh, wow. strategically coming up with therapy action and yeah. safety plans. And I'm so proud of him for saying something mm -hmm. and knowing that that thought process is going on. But once that happened, I was there sitting with my, my supervisor and our uh, and one of the interns there and I just it hit me all at once I was like holy shit here's my here's my opportunity to to save like yeah. step and intervene and do something and really take this seriously but at the same time it like it just wrecked me and my my boss ended up just sending me home because mm -hmm. I was like I'm just like take take the afternoon off just leave so I left at three o'clock and I came home and I was supposed to do more work but I just went and took a nap so yeah, my confessional was like, I have this opportunity through the experience that I had with my brother to mm -hmm. kind of be a hero and step in. But at the same time, with it being the anniversary, I'm like... Emotionally drained. Fuck. Yeah. 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 So if, so thank you for bringing this up because it is a big deal, you know, especially these days, like suicide rates are very high. And, yeah. you know, again, like I'm really happy that he was able to voice himself mental health, right? And be able to say, hey, this is my thoughts and able to kind of get help. Yeah. But um, if you don't mind, like we haven't really talked about your brother much and I kind of would... I know I kind of want to know a little bit about your brother and, sure. you know, kind of honor this person today versus, you know. Thank you. Um, yeah. So actually, I um, last not last weekend, but the weekend before I recorded a podcast episode on my personal one, the, the Petri Dish Life podcast. Mm -hmm. And it was with my brother's best friend that they've been best friends since my oldest brother was 10 mm -hmm. and they were super close. And so we just did this, um, our episode of getting to know him and like, what was childhood like? What was college years? Like, what was it like after and going into his death and all that stuff? But yeah, my brother, it's amazing. It was actually, it was really, really great. Um, it was, yeah, I'm really glad I did that. But my brother, Philip, um, he, he always wanted to be Superman. That was his thing. He mm -hmm. wanted to be the hero and mm -hmm. he was such a good brother. He was, um, he was more into sports. I was, me and my middle brother were into theater and band and all that stuff. We were more artsy. So there was like this um, difference in who we were just as personality wise. But um, once, once he got older and into his twenties and he started getting, and he got DUIs and um, had to go to rehab and all that, he was an alcoholic and battling with anxiety and depression, but didn't know how to handle it. And um, so even though I was starting to, build this friendship with him in our in my 20s and starting to understand who he was he was also kind of lost and he was in that depression mode and so ultimately when he was this was 2017 um he had he got picked up by the police for drunken uh, um, public intoxication as he was walking home from a bar um and he spent he spent the night in the drunk tank basically. And then he was like, just lost of all his, all of his, his guts and glory. And so his last move was to basically just set himself up for a hanging. <laughs> and that's what happened. Like in the cell? 
No, 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 not in the cell. He went home. Okay. He was at home. Um, and yeah, I don't, I, I don't know why I focus on the death just because I guess the anniversary is coming up. Mm-hmm. So that's what's most prevalent. But my brother was such a good, good person. He had the best laugh. He had such a quick wit. He was always so caring towards his family and cared about his friends. He was mm-hmm. so involved in people's lives. And what crushed me was that he didn't want to take that introspective look at his anxiety and depression or do anything about it and felt like he could handle it on his own but realizing like it's the community that helps you it's not yourself you can't do that yeah you can't put all that pressure on because what happens when it doesn't work out you don't have a support system all you're going to have are those negatives those negative voices in the mind and that's ultimately what got him is i think it really was his ego and and pride mixed with the depression and anxiety and he could just couldn't get out of that cycle so yeah, Phil, I uh, I love that man so much. But it, ultimately, what was a driving force to me coming back to Texas and being with my family and reconnecting and which actually launched me into my spirituality, like really full-fledged because I was in Los Angeles when he passed away. Um, that spirituality just was like, it was pulled out of me. And I feel oh, so much more connected to him now than I ever did when he was alive because now I have like this instant access to his spirit mm-hmm. and to his energy and can call on him when I need him. And I, I don't take it for granted. And I know that through his, through his spirit, I'm able to connect and give back to others. And so in his, um, in his note, that was one of the, one of the things that I'll, I'll never ever forget is that, um, he, he said he, had, he always wished that he could, overcome adversity like I did with HIV and do something good to give back. So it's kind of been like hit through his, his letter and his note about why I want to help people so much and why I want to take their adversity and help them see the light. And so take that gift into the future moving on. And that's where the life coaching comes in. That's where Reiki comes in. That's where just being a case manager for homeless youth and getting this opportunity to save someone. Yeah. So I've known you for years Mm -hmm. and I think that's the first time that you've talked about your brother to that degree. Mm. Um, You obviously recognize the impact that has had on you through every specter of your life, including what you've chosen to do purpose wise to help other people. Is there a reason though that you don't talk about him more often? Um, I, I talk about him a lot with my parents mm-hmm. and with family members, people that really knew him. Knew him. Um, but there came this time when, when he first passed away, I, I talked about it a lot because that's my way of processing emotions. But then as I started to understand my relationship with him, especially as I was going deep into my addiction and with, with meth and all that, it was like I was holding hands with him and walking through that darkness together yeah. and understanding kind of like almost living those experiences and healing those that thought process together with him. And once that happened and I started coming out the other side and, and seeing that light again, I haven't really, I, I don't bring him up to a lot of people. One, because I don't, it's a very personal journey mm-hmm. that we had to go through. And yeah. And, and for, with my friends and stuff, I don't want to, I don't like, I feel like it's going to bring down the mood and there's a time and place for it. It's not that I'm shy to talk about it, but 
there is a certain time and place for that conversation. Mm-hmm. But not with jello shots at the roundup. Yeah, not so much. Not going <laughs> to happen. Not when I'm trying to dance, uh-huh. get some dick, you yeah, know. Right, like, yeah. It's just not going to be it. But no, I thank you for bringing that to my attention, though, because I used to talk about him a lot more and I don't. So this is kind of the season for me to to talk about him. Oh, with, I appreciate and, it. Yeah. Oh, thank you for asking. Well, and the reason I bring it up is I have also dealt with similar situations in life too and um the older i get the more i really recognize that healthcare is mental health Mm. and they're one and the same and uh, in the gay community you touched on this a minute ago shane is that we don't talk enough about suicide or Mm -hmm. mental health or the things that we're struggling with emotionally and i just think that sharing those stories yeah definitely helps at the end of the day so and i definitely you know i always look at you know with situations like this like in public right Mm -hmm. like (laughs) the other day i was wearing my friend's hat mike who passed away from Mm -hmm. fentanyl and we found you know in the closet and all this kind of stuff right yeah Yeah. well i'm wearing his hat and (laughs) i'm at a pool party and they're like hell, where'd you get your hat? I love it. And I was like, it's my friends that passed away, you know? And it's like, everybody's like, oh. oh. And I'm like, no, yeah. no, 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 it's fine. His it's name is Mike. Um, I proudly wear yeah. it. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, and I'm so glad that I was able to, you know, say his name today. So thank you yeah. for bringing that up. There you go. You, get you know, it turned honor. it around yeah. where it wasn't this negative thing. And they were like, okay, and it lightened the mood. And, yeah. you yeah. know, but I'm happy that I get to say his name to people and feel Absolutely. like he's there with me. Absolutely. You know, not that I'm saying it all the time, but. No, no, no. But that, I mean, it's true. Like, so for me, um, what I did for my family was um, I got the, what I called them connection stones, but mm-hmm. they're um, worry stones, essentially a round disc and it's got a groove in it and you rub your thumb on it and it's supposed to like the specific one is adventuring, which brings good fortune. But what I did is that on his, where we buried for most of his ashes, I charged all of the stones up and I put a prayer into it. And mm-hmm. so it's about prosperity, joy, love, compassion. Oh, I um, love that. I love yeah, that. And oh, that's so such a good idea. Everyone has their stone. And Aww. what I said is anytime that you, you hold it or you look at it or mm-hmm. you find it, you're sending love to everyone in that circle. So it's a way of commemorating him, honoring, honoring him and have him infused I into it. That. So I, I have it with me every day and that's, I'm with that's him great. every single day. Well, and again, like, I'm sorry for your loss, right? I can't imagine how traumatic that would mm-hmm. be, you know, losing your brother, any sibling, anyone, honestly, that's it's just anyone. terrible, right? Yeah. But what I am grateful for is that, again, you chose to build perception. You choose to Mm -hmm. use this experience to help tons of other people. And because of this, I'm sure that you take, you know, any kind of sign very seriously. So I do feel that just like that guy today, right? Mm -hmm. Like you are going to save hundreds of people in your lifetime from going through the same thing. I hope and more than that. Yeah, well, yes. I get it. Well, yeah. Well, I just hope that the number yeah. decreases, right? Where we don't have to yeah. have so many. Yeah, but, that would be nice, too. You know, um, but I'm really proud of you. And Thank I admire you. it. And Thank you. You know, I'm glad that we... I'm glad you shared this with like with us today. Cause yeah. My confessional. My brother. Yes. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Well... Shall we move on to our we, next? We shall. Yes, we shall. <laughs> yes, we shall. <laughs> Let's lighten things up a little bit before we dive even deeper into the seriousness. So we have queer quandaries. And now it's time for queer quandaries. <laughs> 
And our first topic is, have you ever drawn on a sleeping person? Mm. Yes, I have. I was in uh, college. Well, not college. I was in the acting academy. And we were all getting high afterwards on the weekend. Someone passed out on the couch. And the honestly, the best thing that, we, that I could come up with was do all of the Lucky Charms characters on there. So hearts, <laughs> stars, and horseshoes, clovers, and balloons, pots of gold and rainbows, and the red balloon. So they got that on them, on their, their face. Sounds Very sweet. Sounds sweet. Yes. Just because yes. of the rainbow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't have any rainbows in your house. So she can do yeah. it on oh, somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Yeah. Well, I personally have never drawn on anyone, but I have been drawn on. I've been the oh. victim. What happened okay. with this one? I honestly don't know. I went to this party and we were all in the woods and campfire and all this kind of stuff. And it was Thanksgiving morning. I woke up in a wheelbarrow. Didn't <laughs> Not know where I was. <laughs> um, and then I, you know, moseyed on, you know, home, right? And um, looked in the mirror and there was a big old dick with Sharpie. <laughs> Drawn on my forehead, and I meanwhile I've got to be at Thanksgiving di- like with my family, right? Yeah, yeah. Like within an hour, so I'm sitting there trying to scrub it off. It will not come off. It's only just making my head just really red, just like yeah. just a flaming yeah. dick, honestly, yeah. just like red <laughs> and a flame, flame dick. Yeah, on your head. okay. Mm. Like my forehead needed the clinic, you know. But, um, <laughs> So I go to Thanksgiving and we're all eating dinner and no one's really saying anything. And then my grandma's like, Shane, what happened? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I just woke up I'm with like, a dick on my so, face. So yeah, I don't think anyone forget that, you know, eating stuffing and... Wait, had you come out? <laughs> had you come out on Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I came out when I was 16 years old. Okay. Like, this was, was a... no surprise. So this was, this okay. is just a cherry on top, you know? Yeah. yeah. Some cherry pie. Yeah. So, <laughs> top. Yeah. It, was, it was interesting. All right. So, the next question. Wait. Wait. What about yours? What about yours? Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I uh, I, mine isn't as funny. My college boyfriend, we threw a white trash party for him for his 21st birthday. Love it. And he fell asleep under the beer pong table. Um, And my best friend and I drew a mustache on him, like the little curly ones with Mm -hmm. the Sharpie. Mm -hmm. And we didn't tell him. He woke up the next day and like rushed to class. His professor (laughs) told him that he had a mustache (laughs) on him after class and asked him if he knew. And he didn't. It was really sad, but. No, it sounds like a good prank to me. Yeah. And it wasn't vulgar either. No, it no. wasn't. It wasn't like him going to. That's not why we broke Thanksgiving up. Thanksgiving did. Oh, okay. it didn't help. So. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. All right. So next question for queer quandaries: What great mystery do you want solved? Um, who willed me out in the woods in that wheelbarrow? <laughs> <laughs> no one ever confessed. No, I still what, don't know what happened. You were abducted by aliens. I don't know. The last thing I remember is doing a little dance in front of the fire, and then... Oh. No, his butt was oh. sore. He wasn't getting I was going to say, so. this sounds like the start of some porn. Yeah. I've seen mm-hmm. that show. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah, next door studios, then. Chris. Yeah. Um, greatest mystery do I want solved? Um, that is definitely going to be um, anything to do with alien encounters. I want to know, like, Area 51, yeah. and then suddenly, within that same decade, we get the microwave. 
beautiful invention helps all of us, but like mm-hmm. alien technology, totally. Uh, so I want to know. I want to know what really happened, and I want to like. I want the world to be ready for the truth. That's what I want. About microwaves? No, the truth about aliens. Oh, about aliens being right. present and in our lives. Sorry, I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah, I just don't think that a lot of humanity can wrap their mind around stuff like that. I we're mean, not we're, ready. We're surrounded we're by there. people that believe that we're this little tiny speck in this little Milky Way and that there's nothing else in the entire universe. Girl, we're surrounded by people that think the world is flat still, so... (laughs) We're surrounded by people who think that people should have died in a submarine. Ouch, way to bring it back. I'm still bitter. I know, you are bitter. Skinny legends. But yeah, I I definitely... I feel like... Clint... Oh my god, skinny legend. I can't. Done. Done. I'm sorry, I'm one dimensional. (laughs) (laughs) So. I can. I can't. These were people. You. Lies. Um, So, my greatest mystery is John Benet, John Benet Ramsey. Do y'all remember? Yes. The little pageant queen who was found dead in her basement. Yes. In the 90s? Or was it early 2000s? 90s. 90s, yeah. yeah. And as a child, I was just fascinated with this because she was kind of similar in age to me. I, too, had a basement that was massive growing up that I was terrified of. So I never went down there. But there's just so many things, like, it possibly could be. It's almost like an episode of, like, Clue. Because did you know that there was a Santa Claus who she kept saying was going to come visit her that same night? She had said it for weeks. He and his wife wrote a book, a murder mystery. Guess what it was about? John Benet Ramsey. A little girl Santa that got Claus. murdered in her basement. Mm-hmm. That's... There's just so many of those things. That's weird. So it's such an interesting mystery to me. Okay. Now, granted, I'm sure the mom did it, but there are other people around the family that, like, potentially it makes sense. So I don't think we'll ever know what actually happened, but... Just go on a submersible, get flattened, and then you'll know. <laughs> You know, I am I am about to be done with y'all. Shane is going to implode. I'm about to, He's going to I'm about to obliterate both of you. I know. I'm sorry. I couldn't resist. That's okay. Good. Anyway. All, all right. right. Last what question. What is your most hidden talent? Oh. Go first. I, okay. Go I will. First. I will. So, I mean, obviously. Kegels. Are you here? That's not a talent. That's a good skill, though. Our listeners can't see, but you all can view my toes can do these really weird Get that away from me. Where talents. It's like I'm like a, like a monkey, and I can yeah. pick stuff up with it. That's really good foot health, though. Seriously, because we're supposed to be Girl, able to do that. Take those things to community service. Yeah. <laughs> But they just, they go in these weird directions. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, you're pulling my arm hair. I love this. Um, done. But they come to and me it and smells they all good the time. Too. I was doing laundry with them the other day. <laughs> Literally, there was something on the ground and I picked it up with my toes and tossed it in. That's a really good talent. I know, I love it. I'm monkey but boy. everyone thinks that it's freaky. But it's a no. little... No, I like how, like, your your big toe and your pinky toe can almost touch underneath yeah. the rest of them. Yeah, That's insane. That's, mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, well, you know what? I'll record it and put it on our, our Instagram. <laughs> yeah, because I can really, like, spread my oh, toes. Oh, see, yeah, you can't move your toes at all. Okay. Shane, what's yours? Yeah. All right. That's enough what's your talk. dexterity like? So, <laughs> mine would be is I can get a deep voice when singing country. 
the gays aren't a fan, right? So no, every time I do karaoke, they're like, mur, mur, mur. I want to hear Lady Gaga or some shit. Uh, no, go to Roundup, uh, and yeah. everyone loves a good country mm-hmm. song. If y'all haven't heard, Shane can carry a tune. Yeah. Baritone, right? We'll see. Well, you want to listen a little bit? Yeah, do it. Okay. Wait, right now? Yeah, fuck it. Why not? Yes, come on karaoke. Tomorrow, I'll be stronger. I'm not gonna break down and call you up when my heart cries out for you. Damn. Damn, girl. You got that twang and everything. Mm -hmm. Reba McIntyre's never sounded better. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds a little better when you've been drinking a little bit, you know? Just like... A little little fancier. vaping all night. gives a little rasp, you know? Ah, yeah. 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 Yeah, well yeah. done. Yeah, so you. you really are good. like Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Country Batman. I love your talent. Thank That's a very you. good talent. I yes. love your talent. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> talents. <laughs> I love talents. your talents. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my secret power, hidden talent, is that um, when, this gets more spiritual, so might as well bring in this whole spirituality thing. Um, whenever I am in direct alignment with the truth, when someone is speaking truth or I am speaking truth, my whole body lights up with chills. So when I know I'm in direct alignment and I'm in an honest environment, I will be solid chills from all, all up and down my body. Wait, I'm a truth seeker. That is interesting. Wait, say that one more time. Yeah, back it up. Okay, so... (laughs) I'm trying to wrap my head around what you just said. Okay, so let's say that, like, a very deep spiritual truth is said. Like, a a universal fact or something like that. Uh Um, And they're all of a sudden, like... It's it's like a detector in which I'm figuring out where, where do I need to go on my path. And so I'll, I'll hone in on it, and then if something is said that resonates extremely profoundly, and it's not like a, a trying to understand, it is just a knowing, and it's like my whole body reacts to mm-hmm. it, and my whole body will light up with chills. Like, all the way down from... So you have a heightened sense of um, intuition. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could say okay. that. Yeah. That's like interesting. Yeah. Well, where's this intuition when we're at the bars? <laughs> <laughs> Dulled down where's by your... alcohol. <laughs> Dumb. And drugs. <laughs> It doesn't work so well. Whatever. It never works well. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta make sure. That's why, like, not being, uh, not drinking, and all of that has really helped me kind of get mm-hmm. back in touch with my body a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. I need to get back in touch with my body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You been touching your body? Yeah. You're touching with your feet. Yeah. 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 Not my body. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, sisters. I think between the three of us, we basically are a superhero. Yeah. He'll yeah. sing. <laughs> you pick up the dollar bills, <laughs> and I'll tell him which song to sing. All right. All right. You don't get that fucking foot away from me. Anyway, on to our... On to our next subject. Which is... Religion. religion. And faith to believe or not to believe. And here we are. The moment of truth. Religion. We're going to talk about it. Jesus, take the wheel. Where are we going, fellas? Oh, we're on the journey now. Okay. Yes, yes. Um, sorry, I was kind of... Well, welcome back. Blanked out a little bit. Apparently Jesus um, hasn't taken the wheel for you. So, one, I want to start this off with kind of giving our views or intake of or take about what our views are and are we religious, spiritual, okay. not, okay. atheist, whatever it is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, Chris, yes. I would like you to go first. 
Sure. Um, so my background um, as a kid, what my parents didn't bring me up in the church or anything, but my dad's side of the family was very religious. They were um, Catholic. So I would I wanted to spend time with all my cousins and aunts and uncles and stuff. So I would go to church with them um, and kind of pursued that, but then eventually kind of drifted away. And over time, especially with like different life events, addiction, HIV, and especially my brother's death, it brought me into a very high spiritual mode. And so I believe in God, universe, um, love, really it's all about love. So it's the energy frequencies that we are emitting out that bring in the reality that we are seeking. Um, so that's, Absolutely. that is my understanding of what okay. God and love is. Okay, yeah. Clint? So for me, it's pretty, I would say it's pretty straightforward. So I grew up in the first Christian church in my hometown. My grandparents were charter members of it. Um, and all of our weddings and funerals, et cetera, life events still go through that church. Um, so I am Christian. I um, waited to be baptized where I was an, at an age that I could make the decision for myself. Um, so I was 15, 15 and a half to be exact. Uh, before I made that decision and I still, I consider myself a Christian. However, I've not found a church or a church family in Dallas. Um, and I'm sure we're going to get into some conversations that touch on why. Um, but yeah, I consider myself to be Christian. I am a believer in Christ. What about you? So I grew up heavily in the church, right? Like I grew up in Christianity, the Bible. Um, I was really active in the church. I actually did a lot of fine arts through my church and mm. traveled for nationals and did a lot of competitions. Were you in Glee? And it was like that, right? But for church, right? But it was more like human videos. So that's where, like, you tell a story with, like, your bodies and, like, you can make, like, you know thrones and you can make things out of your bodies and like you can really tell a story and there's voiceovers and you did this cool. at church you literally would have to see it to like <laughs> yes. know what i'm talking about but um it was a huge deal i loved it um but then there was this you know one year where i was at nationals and i played um god or jesus right and um we won merit and there was a lot of talk i found out that they shouldn't have won because um they have a gay person in their Dang. Yeah, and so I think that's where I felt the real the most were like my their backs were turned on me at that point. Mm -hmm. And I instantly felt I was more in a cult than mm -hmm. a loving relationship, mm -hmm. if you will. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so then, you know, I didn't go to church and I kind of What age were you, you at know, this point? I mean, this had to have been when I was like, what, 17, 18? Okay. Wow. Um, and I'd gone through a lot of trials and tribulations in life. And then I went, uh, started college and I took humanities and that's where I started like, you know, learning about Epic of Gilgamesh and like all the oral storytelling. And yeah. I think that's where I kind of started evolving and like not going by what I was taught all these years and more of what I felt. Thinking for yourself, and, feeling for yourself. Yeah, yeah. And you know, being bashed, right, by walking down the street during Pride or whatever it is, definitely not this year. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, and people are holding up signs and they're saying you're abomination and you're going to hell and you're doing this. And I remember being on a cruise ship and I was walking past this family and they go, oh, look, honey, there goes the gays and faggots aren't allowed. Or, you know, people behind me saying, let's go stand in line with, you know, over here. I don't want to stand in line with these fags all because I had a wristband or whatever. So I'm more in this thought of, 
I believe in God. I believe in my higher power. My God does not treat anyone other than love and acceptance and Mm -hmm. abundance and all these things. And like you said, right? Like what you give is what you get back and karma. And, you know, I'm really big on that and the universe and, you know, spirituality. So, okay. All right. Agreed. Yeah. Right. Um, actually to kind of like, uh, go off of that, the reason why I stopped going to church was because my middle brother came out of the closet and I was struggling with it also because I was struggling with my own sexuality and mm-hmm. like wanting to come out, but then couldn't. Um, but when I went to go and talk to the youth pastor about it, his response was, oh, well just bring him into the church and we'll, we'll get, make everything right. Like, don't worry about it. Like just bring him in and we'll, we'll make it right. And that's when I was like, wait, I'm not asking you to fix my brother. I'm not asking you. I'm, right. I'm asking you to find peace in myself. Yeah, like I'm, right. I'm trying to look yeah, exactly. for peace within myself. And this, I'm eighth grade at this point. So what, 13 years old? Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, it was like, nope, shut down. No more, no more church. I'm not going to believe in that. And started going on my own way, on my own path. Well, so I feel like there's a lot of this where people lose their faith and they say, oh, well, the church isn't good. The church isn't, you know, right. You know, they're, um, they're not acting as what they're doing and preaching and all this kind of stuff. So they don't believe in God at all. Right. But I think of it as a way, like there's a lot of people in this world that are using religion as a crutch to do Mm -hmm. hate, to cast these insecurities about themselves and fears and putting that on other people. And, you know, it's exciting behind the book. Yeah. It's like when you go to a restaurant and, you know, they have these policies or whatever and they go, well, it's what my manager said that I need to do. So it's okay for me to do this to you or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. It's policy. Uh I I just have to fall back. And I just think it's a big crutch and I just refuse to let that cohort, Mm -hmm. that specific church or, you know, group of people decide what my love and what my acceptance and faith looks like. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for me, I so I touched on this a bit earlier. Religion and I have a complicated relationship, and I am a believer in Christ, but I'm not such a big believer in organized religion. Same. And where things kind of went awry for me was um, whenever there was a lot of push for gay marriage, and there was a lot of push back by. Um, Christian conservatives against that and I was at an age at that point where I saw a lot of people who I had grown up um, idolizing that were friends of my parents or my grandparents um, people that I really looked up to on social media um, talking negatively about gay people and gay marriage and how it was an abomination you get the direct right um, And that's when organized religion and actually going to church really, I I felt like I got pushed away. And I think for millennials, for our generation, the gay marriage push honestly probably has a good chunk to do with that. Mm -hmm. Um, There's, I mean, episodes of that throughout, you know, American history, well, all history, really. But I think for our generation, that's where we really saw there was an attack on, you know, gay rights more so than um, from a religious perspective than we probably had seen or would have seen um, in our lifetime. And we're continuing to see that now, right? I mean, yeah. it's a and crux for them to be able to organize their their voters. So, But I have to 
I kind of have to come to the defense of the church in certain ways because um, on my on my spiritual path that I've been on for the last four and a half, five years, a little bit longer than that, I really started to take to heart this unconditional love and acceptance for all and starting to be very curious about um, all religions and what is the main message at the heart of what they're doing. And it's all very similar, like the very Ten Commandments. Similar. It's like mm -hmm. yeah. everyone kind of believes like the whole religion crux is on those Ten Commandments so that the idea is there. And so I'm thinking if at the root of all of that is love, can you actually find that and the acceptance in that? So I've been going to different churches and then I've been going to different programs that they offer just to kind of see what this is about and kind of take it in. And almost every single experience that I've had, I have felt a very warmth, warm embrace, acceptance, love above all else. And this conversation has been very easy. And what I've found is that yeah, a lot of people have fear in their their lives. Like they, we operate more around fear than we do love. But if you're the person to be able to humanize it, that those fears and that reality and experience that you've created and be able to share that with others, the people that I've met in these church groups have been very, they respond extremely well. And they're like, oh my God, you went through that. Like I didn't go through exactly what you mm -hmm. did, but I did. And so it opens them up. And so ultimately what I've, what it's come down to, and I'll say this to them at the end, whenever they're like, oh, well, it was so great having you here. I'd love to see you again. And I was like, honestly, I'm just kind of doing a survey, kind of getting experience about like, what is at the heart of this religion? Where, where do you guys really operate from? And so from the people in those moments, like when you put it face to face, it's very human. It's very much about love and acceptance. And it made me feel a hell of a lot better about it. No, I'm not going to go and continue to go to church because that's, I don't need to be in a church to practice my Same. faith and my love and understand who I am. I have a very good understanding of that, but it's really nice to go out there and see that there are still these churches and I don't have any experience in like the mosque or um, Jewish temples or anything like that. Um, but Overall, if you can connect with them on a human level, it's all circles around the same stuff. And that's what I'm kind of coming to realize is that they're just people and they're more about love than they are about that fear. As long as you can be vulnerable and open up to that. I've not experienced any kind of hatred or um, turn against me or you know, mm -hmm. ostracized, anything like that. So that was really, really nice to see. And I was happy that I could actually take that moment to put myself in their shoes and go to their place mm -hmm. and still have that experience. Absolutely. And you bring up a good point, right? So there's what I can't stand a lot is when you say go to certain parades right? All around the world, right? Mm -hmm. And you see um, things like them making fun of Jesus and upside down crosses yeah. and they're making it a very big parody and really just flat out being so disrespectful to this right. specific religion, right? And like you just said, not all churches are bad. Not all buildings where people come together yeah. to congregate, right? Not all of those things are bad. I I, I don't think that at all. I think there are some great cohorts out there that you can get that love and acceptance that you're mm -hmm. looking for. But what I don't agree with is for us to get use hate and fuel that and push it back yeah. because you are kind of disrespecting a lot of allies out there that are rooting for you. 
Yes. That are wanting good for you, that mm-hmm. wish you no harm, that want you a life of abundance and acceptance. You're and, pigeonholing them. Yeah. And not and letting them so be So that's where I do yeah. have a problem with that sort of thing. It's like... Yeah. Well, I mean, it goes back to unconditional love mm-hmm. and acceptance. Like, I am going to let you be you if you let me be me. And exactly. I'm not going to fight. If you're coming at me, there's clearly some insecurities and fear that's yeah. underlying. And to have compassion for that instead is way more beneficial in the long run because mm-hmm. they need to get that out somehow and maybe you're the vessel to help them clear yeah. and process that why are you going to shove that back in their face and be on the defense when you could allow that mm-hmm. to be a, an honest conversation yeah. granted there's no physical well i mean I or anything know. like that when they go low we go high right Period. I, I think that there's a lot of wisdom that's why we have that. ecstasy yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> But I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. You don't fight hate with, with hate. And it's never worked. The, the thing that really is most interesting to me to watch is the church fracturing, right? So there are so many churches now that are open and confirming. There are um, conventions churches, you know. The Methodist church has had some splits too. And yeah. it's it's interesting to watch as, you know, society changes and... Um, people's views on organized religion as they change kind of how you know faith changes with it so but i agree i i think that the disrespect of um religion regardless of what religion it is um is not beneficial to the day to our community you certainly are hitting on a really good point there because Mm -hmm. the allyship isn't um it doesn't bring anyone in. It's you know, it's just the opposite side of the coin. It's the reason that people are being pushed away from religion is yep. because of rhetoric like that. Yeah. Yeah, so this was like what, a year ago I think, or two years ago, I was um with one of my siblings and they asked me, they were like, Do you believe in Jesus? And I said, Well, I don't go by organized religion, like I'm more spiritual, you know, I believe what you get is what you get back and I was just kinda explaining my side. And he goes huh, well, I hope we get to see each other one day, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I hope I get to see you too, you know? Um, but then I'm thinking in my head, like, you know, there's been many times where I prayed for you. I prayed for, you know, you to get better in your walk of life. And now here you are doing so good in your life, right? And so I feel like my God did help you through these things, right? I don't want to go into any detail because I don't, you know. But, um, but yeah, you know, it's kind of hurtful when someone says that. It's like, my religion is so better than yours. Like, yeah. you don't have a place where I'm at if you don't believe what I believe, yeah. you know. But I took the high road. Mm-hmm. And I just left it at that and kept moving, you know, yeah. because... Well, what I think that... Um, what he he's unable to see at this point and will eventually, if not in this lifetime, mm-hmm. but beyond this lifetime, is that it all comes back to that love. Yeah. And so, yes, you definitely will be seeing him again, but he'll have a unrestricted view of what that love yeah. is. It won't be narrow-minded. In yeah. This, and, this purview. And on the grand scheme of things, right, like him and I are, have a close relationship. Like he's always accepted me. He was the first one that embraced me with open arms when I came out as gay. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just think that as his religion has kind of grown, I think he's a little bit more divided, but with love. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's coming from a good place, but right. it still hurts to hear that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's. So another thing that I want to hone in on is the whole why me 
right? So a lot of people in in God, if you will, will always say, why me? Why would God do this to somebody? Right? Oh, yeah. The lessons. I, yes. And so, for example, I hate even saying this, right? It just feels wrong when I say this. But so, for example, uh, a little girl, right? She gets raped. Awful to say that. I would never wish that upon anybody, right? But what if this little girl grew up with that different perception, just like you did with your brother and where you are in your life? She built a shelter or something that saved thousands of women going through some traumatic experience like that, right? Right. And like you said, right, with your HIV and just like me, right? I feel like there's a purpose now and I'm able to help other people go through this time in their life, right? And I feel that... A lot of people think like God is this thing of like, I'm never going to let anything happen to you. I'm never going to let anything go wrong. Right. Right. But that's just not the reality. Like we have to go through darkness. We have to go through some sort of hardship so that when we do come out of that, we have a different perception that gets us on the right track or the road that we're supposed to go on. Yeah. It's like that game of opposites. Like you have to be able to go into the darkness yeah. In order to find that light again. And there's mm-hmm. always a lesson on the other end of that, that silver lining that, yeah, that was a shitty experience, but what did I gain? Yeah. And to say, to bring God into it and say like, well, everything should be, everything should go my way. I don't get this. No, that's not true because if we're evolving and we're learning and we're, we're constantly becoming a greater version of ourselves, a higher version then yeah, that, that love from God is what's feeding that light to allow mm-hmm. us to find that lesson in the bad and grow. And if you're not, if you can't find that, then you really got to dig deep and say, where is, where is my God? Where's that God that's that light within me to allow me to evolve into something better and grow into a stronger person and be there for the community? Um, and not just the LGBTQ community, the communities that we engage in every single day that isn't necessarily specific to LGBTQ, your family, your workplace, your, uh, however you choose to give charity, your friends, all of that, those are all different communities in which we can give back through our lessons that we're gaining from that darkness. And I also feel, you know, you have the Bible thumpers, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. they're constantly shoving religion down your throat to the point I'm done. I don't even want to listen to it anymore. I don't want to talk about it. Right. I really don't even want to be around you at this point. But when you are representing yourself into action, mm-hmm. right? So if I'm surrounded by a cohort, which I have been, and I've had actually many friends that actually regain their trust in God that actually have a different faith system now because of my actions and kind of what I represent and my beliefs without saying it, but acting in life in general. And they're like, oh, wow, like you Mm -hmm. can't believe in God and still, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I I feel like a lot of, a lot of times we go against religion and like at some point, whenever you come into the LGBTQ community, it's like the thing to reject religion. But a lot of people were raised to be in a religious sector mm-hmm. or have that faith be part of them as a child. So then you're neglecting and denying that portion of your spirituality and that that truth within you. Just because you're joining the LGBTQ community, why do we have to give that up? Why mm-hmm. can't we have a place in both and? And I feel like that that is a very personal journey that someone is gonna have to figure out. Yeah. But at the same time, don't go into the group think. Don't just fall into that because that's what's expected of you with anything in life. Think for yourself, feel for yourself. Do all of the things that make you feel at your highest and most one 
like the oneness of us all. We are all in this together. Yeah. I will say, I think part of it also depends on access as well, right? So like growing up in a really small town in Southern Oklahoma, there wasn't anyone that I even knew who was gay. Um, Certainly no one that was, you know, going to church that I recognize as gay either. And um, I didn't really see that in college as much either, but um, moving to Dallas and seeing how big of a gay community there is uh, that is religious and they go to different churches and how many churches mm-hmm. are open and, you know, accepting really was in some ways shocking. Yeah. Um, so I think it's important to recognize too, that there is a good portion of our community that, um, you know, they are spiritual, they are religious. Um, because I think often we are portrayed in the media and part of it's pride parades because they see things that are anti-religious. Um, as being kind of, you know, borderline atheist or agnostic or whatever it may be. And there are, you know, conservatives don't own religion. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, there's a, a good portion of our community that, that does practice. So, how, how many people do you know, like from your group of friends or coworkers or anything that are LGBTQ, do you know that? still attend church or some kind or um go to the synagogue or practicing muslims like what do you how many friends do you guys have i have a lot of friends chris what are you trying to imply (laughs) (laughs) well me and my two friends go to church all the time no um you know it's really interesting because i would say probably half really yeah i would say probably half um, but what's interesting is I think most of the folks that go to, that I know that live here, that go to church or attend regularly are, um, also very active in the community and different things. Mm. Music is a big one. Um, so yeah, but I'd say about half. That's good. Yeah. That's I mean, if you only have two friends, right? Wow, when one, one. <laughs> when one goes to church, it's yeah, like, I have yeah, a few, yeah. but like I also have like a lot of different friends on so many different spectrums. I have people that are friends that are atheists. I have friends that believe that it's more yeah. spiritual, that are Baptists, that are all over the place, you yeah. know? And again, it just falls down to how do you treat me as a person? What are you giving when I'm around yeah. you? Are you giving me good energy? Mm-hmm. You know, are you that quality that, you know, I need in this time of my life? You know, yeah. I'm not judging anything else besides of what you're giving. Um... But yeah, I would say a few, you know? Okay. Yeah, I'd probably say like... I'm more spiritual type friends, right? Yeah, I have more more spiritual friends just because that's kind of the community that I fall into. Mm -hmm. But I'm always surprised. um, Probably, I'd say like one one in 10 of the people that I will meet in the community still go to church regularly and are involved with their church or religion in general. Like the... And that... In a way, like, my immediate mind goes to, oh, God, really, what? And then I have to, like, calm myself down and be like, wait, that's just how they express themselves. That Mm -hmm. makes them feel comfortable and and empowered. So, yeah, great. That's awesome. So then we can go and dive in. Once I, like, relax my ego and I'm like, oh, there are people out there that do enjoy this. Let me ask you about your experiences and let me, like, go into that and dive into it. And then by the end, it's this great conversation that we have. And, again, it always comes back to love and respect and community and all of these things that make us better people and feel more connected to one another. So for me, like, even though I get so 10% of the people that I know are practicing in their faith, um, they, 
it makes me happy. It makes me happy to know that they have a place to go and they still feel connected and safe. Well, I might, but you know, my heart goes out to other people though that don't have that support. Mm-hmm. You know, like gays that come out to their parents and they're very religious and you come out gay and you're dead to them pretty much. Yeah. You know, and so their whole life, that's what has really put this negative spin on religion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just hope that if anyone's listening, if anyone's gone through that, like, please don't let that one experience, you know. Yeah. You just have to find the right tribe. You, yeah, find the right tribe. Find the right cohort. Find the people that allow you to be you and seek to understand you as well, you know, and that want to pick your brain and, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Well... We hit on a lot of different things (laughs) when it came to religion um, and faith. I mean, how do you guys feel after this wholesome Uh, conversation? (laughs) Like I need some holy water. (laughs) (laughs) I'm parched. I just feel like there's, there are so many different layers to this and there's so many different experiences that it's hard to be able to talk about everything. Mm -hmm and get to the root of any one subject. Honestly, it's like... It is. You gotta kind of do a brief overview of it all. Well, religion literally is humanity. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's, it's our faith. Exactly. It's, yeah. Um, I guess my message out there for anyone listening to this is that continue to stay connected to yourself. Stay connected to your truth and allow that to emanate forward into other people's lives let that positivity carry through because if it is something that makes you happy, it's great to share that. Doesn't mean you have to push it down anyone's throat or anything like that. But if it brings you joy more often than not, it's going to bring someone else joy. Just, you know, be open to that and have the, let the conversations come out. And the more that we can have these conversations, the more normalized it gets. I totally agree. And I think if people are searching for something, you're not going to find it in a submarine. I'm going to say a prayer for you. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, amen. Amen. <laughs> amen. Well, thank you all for listening so much to our religion episode here on Mr. Sisters. If you are interested in knowing more about us or just mm, want to get to... Oh, God. See I, photos of us. See, Do we have photos up we finally? We do. We have photos. On our Instagram, there will also be additional exclusive content, i.e. by feet, on our <laughs> Instagram as well. <laughs> All soon, right. Too. Let's look at these monkey toes. Mm-hmm. I love this. Um, I'm going to make a reel. <laughs> our, our Instagram is mr.sisterspodcast. And we also have mr.sisterspodcast at gmail.com if you ever want to email us and send us a little hello. Um, what uh, You can listen to us on Apple Podcast, And, yeah, of course, you can listen to us here on Spotify. Anything else, sisters? Pray for Clint. <laughs> we will. Pray for the ones in the submersible. Aww. Aww. Oh,